We're talking high school drama, evil queens, uncontrollable magical powers, and v-scary burned creatures on this episode of Lasers and Lockets, the podcast that explores strong and complex female characters in science fiction and fantasy entertainment. This is episode 57. Welcome back to the show. I'm Lee, your friendly neighborhood host. Tonight's episode, we're diving into the 2021 Netflix series, Fate, the Winx Saga. While it's definitely got its problems, and I am not 100% sold on watching the second season, I still found merit in its cast of strong women, and I'm happy to discuss them with you tonight. Before we dive in, a little bit of news and a message from friends of the podcast. News. Warriors. Demons. And nuns? (laughs) Yep, you actually heard that right. And if that sounds interesting, then we've got a podcast for you. I'm Kimberly Amato. I'm Sheila Amato. And I'm Kevin Batchelder. You might recognize our voices from some of our other podcasts, Forever Fangirls, Tales of the Black Badge, and Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV. We are teaming up to bring you a new podcast called Into the Halo, a Warrior Nun fan podcast. Please join us as we look back at season one of this Netflix original series by covering the episodes, themes, and general topics of the show in preparation for the upcoming season two. You can find us on any of the podcasting platforms or visit us online at warriornunpodcast.com. I love the Into the Halo podcast, and I know you guys are going to likely love it too if you liked Warrior Nun. So please give it a chance and check it out and give them some love. All right, to the news we've got, uh, the summer looks like it is shaping up to be full of sci-fi fun and fantasy TV fun, too. And uh, I'm not mad about that at all. Sci-Fi Wire has rounded up all of the new sci-fi and fantasy entertainment coming to the major streaming platforms in the month of July, and you can check that out in the link in the show notes. Initial reviews of Black Widow are very positive, so it's getting me particularly excited to see the film. It may be my first return to a theater in over a year, and Black Widow releases this Friday, July 9th, and uh, I I would encourage you to check out the teaser at the link in the show notes as well in case you want to get a little, you know, hyped for, for Black Widow. Our next episode is going to be a live book club edition covering the incredibly insightful and wild ride that was Axiom's End by Lindsay Ellis. If you're not following our Twitch channel, the link is in the show notes, and we're going to post on Twitter, Insta, Facebook, all our socials, uh, when I know a date and time that I'll be going live to discuss that. So watch for that on the socials, and you can find those links in the show notes as well. Lastly, if you're new to the show, or you haven't yet done so, please take a moment to follow or subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast app. It's totally free, and we have a summer filled with a ton of fun content, and I know you don't want to miss out, so get subscribed uh, so you don't miss out on any of our upcoming episodes. All right, let's plunge headlong into Fate the Wink Saga. Really ridiculous name. Really. Anyway. Uh, This series, if you're not familiar, is a Netflix live-action reimagining 
of a Nickelodeon animated series that was quite beloved from what I can tell. Admittedly, never watched that, uh, as I find I'm not really that into animated series as much as I used to be when I was a bit younger. I definitely see their merits, so don't come at me, but I just am not as much into them as I used to be. It follows a group of teenage fairies at a private school in a parallel realm called Alfea. The school is called Alfea, not the realm. Um, but Bloom is the lead character, and she comes from our realm to Alfea to learn how to harness her fire powers. She is placed in the Winx suite, so I think that's probably where the Winx saga comes from. Uh, and she's there along with Stella, a second year, Aisha, Musa, and Tara. So there are four girls in addition to her. They'll be the main ones that we're discussing tonight, but we'll likely also touch on Farah Dowling, because I kind of adored her character. And we might also drop a mention of Beatrix and Rosalind and a couple of others, but we'll see how it goes. This episode will have some spoilers, so you'll, you're all kind of warned right now. I will try not to be too spoilery, as I always try. Uh, but Fate, I'm going to uh, shorten the name to Fate because I really hate the full name. But it's, uh, it's only six episodes long, so if you haven't had a chance to watch all six episodes, please feel free to do so before listening to this episode. Or if you just want to embrace the spoilers, I think they might actually help you to be interested in watching the series, so come along for the ride with that. All right, let's go ahead and dive into Bloom, the first character uh, that I want to kind of get out of the way. I actually find the other characters more interesting than her, and I think that's funny because she's the lead character, but let's dive into her first. Is that a controversial opinion, that I don't like the lead character? I don't know. I just found her... Anyway, we'll, we'll talk about it right now. <laughs> okay, so Bloom is what they consider a changeling. So she was born in that realm, and then she is changed uh, to a... She's given to a human couple, uh, so they call her a changeling. And Bloom is a moody 16-year-old young woman taken from that mortal realm and brought to Althea to train her incredibly dangerous fire powers. We learn very early on in the series that when she was a bit younger, she burned her home down basically because she didn't understand how to control her powers and had no idea what she was. She's very guarded and untrusting of people, even her sweet mates at first, and she believes everyone is keeping something from her, which some are, but really it's just, it's kind of her default thing is that everybody is hiding something from her. Bloom often takes unnecessary risks and she makes really short-sighted decisions, which messes up things around her constantly. It's a very uh, teenage-like reaction in that aspect. So I do appreciate that they kind of stuck true to that. And I'm not saying that teenagers are always short-sighted, but it is one of those developmental things with teenagers. They haven't quite been able to think well beyond their initial actions. So Bloom in that way is a good representation of a teenager, but her urge to figure out where she came from becomes this overwhelming thing, and it overwhelms any sort of common sense that even a teenager would likely have, including she frees the psychopathic Beatrix from jail, as well as Rosalind, the uber-scary former headmistress who was suspended in some sort of fairy prison, uh, which is terrifying. But uh, anyway, 
Bloom should have trusted that headmistress Dowling was attempting to protect her and would tell her the truth eventually when it was safe to do so. But, you know, teenagers be teenagers sometimes. And this was no exception. She just keeps going and going and going like a dog with a bone uh, in this situation, which just leads to all kinds of, of terrible things happening. The only time I actually started to relate to her character is when uh, in the in the very final episode of the season, when she finally tells her adoptive parents where she came from and who she is. Uh, her experience played out very much like a coming out story on the screen, and I actually really loved that because Bloom was finally a relatable character during that montage sequence. She wasn't annoying. She wasn't all teenage and moody. Um, it was very it was really well played out. Of course, she is the lead character, so she'll play some major role in season two, and they definitely, uh, you know, alluded to that in the, the the season finale for season one. But what that is, is yet to be determined. Uh, I just really hope that she grows as a character because I deeply disliked her in season one. <laughs> All right, so now that we've got Plume out of the way, let's talk about the other characters that I found actually particularly a lot more interesting. So I think we'll bring up her actual roommate in the suite, Aisha, next. So Aisha is a water fairy, which is a kind of a fun one. And Aisha has a very strong sense of right and wrong. She gets a job as the headmistress's assistant in an opportunity to learn more about the school and about the headmistress and also spy a little on the headmistress. But she's really the only one in the suite that sees what's really going on with the teachers and the headmistress and that they're doing their best to protect the kids at the school. That there's not some grand scheme that they're trying to keep from everybody. Aisha doesn't like being lied to, and uh, Bloom lies to her plenty. And so Aisha actually starts to follow Bloom when she gets a bit shifty with things. And uh, Aisha really helps save a lot of the school because of that. She's a rule follower, which I can relate to. uh, And she doesn't like defying authority figures like Dowling, Silver, and Tara's dad. So... I find her to be a a very interesting character, actually a lot more mature than some of the other characters on the series. I kind of hope that Aisha plays a larger role in season two. She didn't play anything particularly large in season one. And this series desperately needs better and more diverse representation. It's very, what's the word? Whitewashed? Yeah, I think that's, that's the best way to describe it. The cast is almost entirely Caucasian, and uh, Aisha is one of the few uh, black characters on the screen, which is is great to see that representation, but it's not enough. And the series, I'll bring up a couple of other characters that were changed from the original animated series, and there was an outcry when when this came out. It was kind of controversial, but anyway... I hope Aisha plays a larger role in season two, and uh, she is a very interesting character. Her powers are super fascinating. I kind of love them, Uh, being able to manipulate water and uh, shoot it at things. It's it's kind of a fun, fun power. All right. So we've talked about Aisha and her water powers. So and, and since we mentioned Tara just up above a little bit, let's go ahead and bring her along for the ride now. 
Tara was a particularly controversial character, apparently, because in the animated series, she was a Hispanic character, and in the live action, she's a Caucasian character. The same thing happens with Musa, but we'll chat about that in a little bit, too. Tara is uh, one of my favorite characters, though, on the series. She has a pretty impressive progression throughout the course of the season, and I think that's uh, a testament to the fact that these characters have a chance to be awesome and that's what i'm hoping for in season two so tara is the daughter of one of the teachers at the school and she's an earth fairy so she can control things that do with like plants and soil and and she can heal people and all of that fun stuff she's very sheltered and she's basically lived her entire life in alfia so she doesn't have much experience with the world outside of this school She's initially comes across as, as, as quite sweet and awkward, and she has a hard time relating to others in her suite, especially Musa, because she is so nervous and unsure of herself all the time. Tara, not Musa. But uh, as the season goes on, Tara becomes much more self-assured and brave, and she starts to stand up for herself. She believes that she's worth more than just you know, fawning over some guy who is going to mock her at a party when everybody's drunk. So I I do like the progression of her character and she even stands up and fights uh, as the, as the season goes on. I love that she even stands up to her father a few times when he lies to her and, and that she recognizes that he's lying to her is, is one of the important things that you see her progress. She doesn't just blindly follow authority, which is, is wonderful. You can't help but want to hug her and tell her to have some courage at the beginning of the of the season. So I was really happy to see that progression where she got to be a lot more self-assured and strong and willing to stand up and fight. Tara is the loyal and kind uh, character in the in the suite. And she just really wants to help people. And I think that that's a really cool thing. It, it definitely is, uh, you know, one of those really nice characters to, to portray. All right. Going from probably the nicest character in the suite to possibly the nastiest one, we've got Stella. Oh, Stella. Stella is one of those wild characters that you're not sure you're going to like at the beginning, but then you end up wanting to protect at all costs at the end. Stella is the princess of Solaria, which is the the realm, the actual realm that, that uh, these fairies live in. And she is what they call a light fairy. So she can do things with light, like blind, hide people, bend light so that you can be invisible and things like that. Initially, when we meet her, she's really privileged and rude and feisty. And she seems kind of borderline sociopathic or psychopathic. It's hard to say. But... Uh, and, and I shouldn't say but, and uh, she keeps a very tight hold on Sky, which becomes, so Sky becomes Loom's romantic interest through the course of this, anyway, but she has a very tight hold on Sky at the first part of the season, largely because Sky understands her and knows that she's not really an evil person, but uh, yeah, anyway, she eventually lets him go, and Sky uh, Stella is the only second year in that suite, the Winx suite. So um, 
you discover the reason why you, you you discover that is that she had an accident before the series began and she blinded her best friend with her powers and you find out that she's at Alfia to try to harness her powers so that another mistake isn't made. Basically, it's like fairy rehab for her. Her mother is quite possibly the devil incarnate. Uh, I disliked her deeply uh, through the course of the series. Alfia teaches fairies to harness their power using positive emotions. Stella's mother didn't like how slowly her training was going, and she started training her to use dark and negative emotions instead, which was a bad thing, because then uh, Stella was unable to control them. When Stella's mother discovers that her daughter's progress of rehabilitation is going too slowly for her liking, she pulls her out of school without allowing her to say goodbye to anyone in her suite. I won't go too much more into her story, as that would be some major spoilers, which I don't want to do. But suffice it to say that she became one of my favorite characters toward the end. All right, so that leaves us with the last member of the suite, Musa. And Musa is probably one of my favorite fairies in the whole series. So Musa is is the other controversial casting because the original character was of East Asian descent, I believe. And Musa is uh, this series, or sorry, Musa in this series is also a Caucasian uh, of Caucasian descent. So that was apparently controversial as well. I can see it. I mean, this series desperately needs better representation and more diversity, but I hope that in season two, they start to bring in more characters with diversity, which would be amazing. So Musa is what they consider a mind fairy who can feel what other people are feeling and read emotions. So basically she's an empath. And I love that her boyfriend says, just because I'm not an empath, it doesn't mean I don't have empathy. And I think that's a a really important distinction here because Musa is always overwhelmed with people's emotions when they, because a lot of people have very strong emotions, especially uh, with regard to her relationship with Tara. It's super strained at first because Tara just explodes with emotion all the time. She doesn't know how to control it. Again, she's like super awkward. And so it stresses Musa out. You'll usually find Musa wearing headphones because it helps her to block out all of the emotions that are going on around her. Musa likes Sam, though, Tara's brother, because he's super calm and he doesn't overwhelm her with any particular emotions like everyone else does. One of my favorite things about Musa is that she can sense people and creatures who are not visible. And I love it when she can tell that Stella's been hiding out in her old room in the suite. And it's just funny. So, uh, yeah, I just, it's one of those interesting uh, abilities that Musa has. Now, Musa doesn't believe that she has much worth in in a battle as a mind fairy. But Dowling starts to show her how she can be an incredible support in a battle. And... I like that she likes that, but she also learns how to fight physically, kind of like a specialist too, which is is a, is a really cool thing. I kind of hope that they explore that more in season two, but it, it was an interesting thing to start with in season one. The first thing that you always notice about Musa is that she's quite reserved, and I think it's just because she's overwhelmed and she's listening to other people's emotions and feeling what they're feeling, but... 
the thing that I really like about her is that she is absolutely willing to help out her friends in time in a time of need. She's not one to sit on the sidelines or hide. And uh, it's it's a really cool thing with her character. All right, the last character that I wanted to discuss here is Farrah Dowling. So Farrah is the headmistress, as I've mentioned before, of Althea, and she is made of secrets, I like to say. But she's also just incredibly reserved, careful, calculating, not in a bad way, uh, and exact. She's unlikely to make a mistake, except for in the season finale, but I don't want to spoil that for you, so I'll just, uh, just park that there. And uh, she doesn't do anything half-arsed at all. Dowling is as much in the dark about who Bloom is as everyone else, and I felt that from the very beginning of the series. I never thought that she was hiding anything in particular about who Bloom was, because I don't think she actually knew who Bloom was. But uh, I think she may have had, like, maybe a little inkling, but she just, she really didn't know who she was. In spite of her secret keeping, I found Dowling to be trustworthy, compassionate, and kind. She truly believes in training the fairies to protect both worlds and Althea too. Everything that she does is to protect Althea, I feel. Dowling believes that positive emotions produce more powerful and controllable magic than negative emotions, and I think that's why Althea teach, teaches that, uh, their various uh, specialties or whatnot. And even Dowling trains the first years with that, that positive emotion magic. I can't really talk too much more about her because I don't want to ruin anything for you guys if you haven't finished, but I hope that we're going to see more of her in season two. And I just, I really quite enjoyed her character. It was a lot of fun. Okay. So if you remember earlier in this episode, I mentioned that I am not sure if I will watch season two when it's released. Yeah, I'm, I'm still not certain of that, even after talking through these characters. I found the series all right. It wasn't magnificent. It was nothing like something like Shadow and Bone, which was excellent, and we will discuss it in another episode. But the thing about Fate is that it has potential. Perhaps season two gives it a chance to hit its stride. My brain will forever be baffled as to why this got a second season and Teenage Bounty Hunters did not, when that was a far superiorly written, acted, and unique plot, in my opinion, but that's how Netflix rolls. So hopefully Fate Season 2 steps up its game in a major way. Should you watch it? Maybe. If you want something teen-centric and dramatic, kind of a high school drama, and a bit magical for the summer, it only consists of six episodes, so it's pretty fast to watch. And you're probably wondering, why did I make a whole episode of, a, of the podcast about it if I wasn't crazy about it? Because I believe there's potential for the characters to grow and develop more. They were a good foundation, but they could be better. Stella was a great example of that over the season, and I just hope that the other characters get a chance to grow with it too. Tara as well. Tara was a great example of that too. So Tara and Stella, we just need to bring the rest of them in there. All five of them all together growing. All right, that brings us to the episode question, gentle listeners. If you could be a fairy or a specialist at Althea, which would you be? And what kind of mu magic music? Man, I love music. What kind of magic would you want? I think I would want to be a fairy. And I think I'd love to have Sam's ability to walk through walls. Or maybe Stella's ability to um, bend light to become invisible. 
I don't know. I think they're pretty interesting. I cannot wait to hear your answers, though. You can always tweet them to us using the hashtag LasersLockets, or you can join the discussion on our Discord. The link is in the show notes. And we'll see you back here in a couple of weeks for the live Twitch book club edition of Lasers and Lockets, where we'll be discussing Axiom's End by Lindsay Ellis. There's still time for you to finish that up if you're not quite done yet. Until then, practice your elemental magic, watch out for the burned ones, and if your potted plants keep randomly falling, you just might have a fairy squatting in your house. Catch your nerd on and be awesome. All right. <laughs>